Welcome to The Radiant Life with Tatiana. I am your host and I'm obsessed with empowering you to live and create the best life possible. I'm a master mindset coach, breathwork facilitator, and a passionate little Latina who loves sharing the magic behind your subconscious mind and energetics. If you're looking to uplevel your mindset, learn all about spirituality and manifestation, and to be inspired in making a change to embody your best self, you are in the right place. My goal is for you to see and unlock your limitless potential, to have the tools to break free from the chains holding you back so you can create and live your most radiant life. I am so excited to have you here listening today. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast first ever Q&A series episode. I feel like having a good catchy name for this would be better, like Talks with Tati or something. So if you have any ideas, DM me, let me know. Um, But this is a new style format. So I got the idea because I get tons and tons of questions in the DMs, which I'm so grateful for. But there's only so much I can answer and I can't really go in depth like texting you back. And there's only so much feedback and advice I truly will and can give just because as a coach, I want to be an integrity of how I practice and for the clients who are paying me to actually give coaching support. But there are questions that I do get asked a lot frequently or questions I can give answers to, but in the DMs, it isn't always a place. So this is a new format. We're experimenting here with you, with me to see how this goes, if you like it, if you value from it. So I created this Q&A form that is in the show notes below for you to ask all of your questions to me, whether that's about me personally, about my story or questions about yourself that you may be seeking support or coaching support that, you know, if I can answer, I will answer in the best way I can. Um, in that form, you have the choice to say your first name or keep it anonymous. So it's totally up to you. But today's first episode, I have quite a few questions. I'm going to focus on relationships. Um, lots of you come from my TikTok world, so welcome. I'm so glad that our story has inspired you or supported you or impacted you in some type of way. And we'll see how this goes. I did have some other questions on life and purpose and career related, so I'm going to try to conjoin each episode to certain topics, but maybe not. So today is a little bit on emotion, anxiety, and relationship focus, and let's just dive on in and see how this goes. Okay. First question is from Kelly. She said, how do you know if an ex is attempting to get back into your life? She gave me a little background story here of, you know, being added back on social media platforms, but not all social media platforms, texting back and forth. Um, So this is an example of what I would answer for this is my opinion. This is one-sided. I don't know him. You don't know him and his motives and intentions. Um, I'm just going to share what I think based on what you've shared. And just take it for a grain of salt because it doesn't mean it's always truth. It doesn't mean I know his intentions. But I believe some people come back into your life like exes, not always with the intention of getting back. Sometimes it's just a part of their healing journey. Sometimes it's a part of comfort. Sometimes it's they just want to have that friendship, but not that romantic partnership. And sometimes it's control if there's like a narcissist, right? And so... My answer to you of how do you know if an ex is attempting to get back into your life? Well, obviously, are they trying to, right? Maybe through the constant texting, through social media. But I truly think the ones that are truly trying to make it back in your life are going to make it known, aka my story. I 
texted Evan, let's have a conversation. I have something to tell you. And I was very blunt and honest in my communication of this is how I feel. This is what I want. I want to get back together. Like I made it very known. Some people may not have the communication skills that I have. And so maybe they're just constantly checking in and constantly texting you. And that's where you have the responsibility or the ability to ask like, Hey, what are your intentions with being in communication right now? What are your intentions of adding me back on social media? Like if the constant coming back is like, consistent because someone might just add you back on Facebook. Like you said here, just because they needed to block you or they needed to unfriend you and mute you for their healing purposes. They, they couldn't see your posts, but now that they feel okay and healed, they're just adding you back because maybe there's love and respect there, but not meaning they want to get back together. You feel me? And so I know you mentioned here, like I might be overthinking it. And sometimes our thoughts do overthink things. And I would just say, see it for what it is. Notice if there's patterns and if it's continuing and like there's more texting involved, ask, what are the intentions here? And this is where you have the opportunity to set boundaries for yourself because if you're not fully healed and you're not ready to be in communication or if they want to just be friends, but your heart wants more than that, you know, you need to protect your heart and set boundaries. But I think to know if they're trying to come back into your life is based on their actions. And I think they will make it fully known for you. I hope that answers your question as best as I can, as I'm only hearing one side, Kelly. All right, Danny, how were you able to cut all contact with Evan when you broke up? How did you constantly not think about him? And how did you stop yourself from talking to him every single day about everything like you used to? Did you know that you wanted to try again with your boyfriend in the future at the time of breaking up? <laughs> very common question that I asked. So I'm glad that you asked this one, Danny. Um, I did not think or expect us to try again or get back together in the future at the time of breaking up. I did have a mindset of like, never say never because I've learned that like, you really have no idea what the future holds, what happens, like God's plan. So I would have said, I never said never, but I didn't have the expectation or plan to. I did make a funny comment to my sister when we were in the U-Haul packing up my stuff, moving out of our house. And I always said, I did say, and I think this is just my soul knew deep down, but I didn't consciously knew. And I was like, huh, wouldn't this be funny if I move back here and like in a year from now or something like that? Like, I just remember that. And I remember looking at her that I said that cause I didn't even realize I said that cause it was never a part of the plan. So that's my answer for that one. So how was I able to cut full contact? Um, I wasn't able to cut a hundred percent, meaning we were in the same friend group here in Florida and at home. But what I did was I muted him on social medias. I just didn't conversate with him. Like just don't, don't check in on them. Don't check their socials. Like whatever it is that you normally have conversations with, you have to set a boundary with yourself. Um, so when you ask, how did I constantly not think about him? No one ever said I didn't stop thinking about him. I actually thought about him every single day. Like I was going through a heartbreak. This didn't mean it was easy. This didn't mean I forgot about him. Like cutting contact doesn't mean forgetting about someone. It's just taking the space and setting a boundary for yourself for your own healing. But what I did to stop myself from talking to him every single day, like I used to, you know, updates and all that was a few things. Um, 
I had friends, right? I can't, you cannot rely just on one person. So I had friends, I had family that I would talk to. I would express what I was going through, my feelings. I would update them on life. So instead of turning to Evan, I turned to friends and family even more. I also had a journal. So you can do this on your notes app on your phone or a journal. And I would just like write down things. Like I tell my clients all the time, like text yourself in the journal app as if you're going to text that person. So it's kind of like a trick to your subconscious mind thinking like you said what you said. Um, But you didn't actually send them. And so one day, maybe if you do have a conversation, you have a whole list of things that you can share with them or maybe not. Maybe it was just a way for you to get it out of your mind and your heart. And then I would say like, how did I just go about this? No contact is I had healthy distractions and I really focused on myself, healthy habits, building my, you know, maintaining and building, um, my friendships and family. And it wasn't, easy, but that's how I was able to cut all contact and how I moved through it. I'm going to take a sip of water. And I think at the end of the day, when I said we couldn't hundred percent cut all contact was because I did see him like here and there at at friend events, which was awkward. We were cordial. We were respectful. I said, hi, but I wasn't like in the corner, like, hi, give me updates. Like I just like said hi. And then I did my own thing. Um, I hope that answers your question, Danny. Okay, um, Kathleen, so the man I was planning on marrying left. I feel as though we might still be able to figure it out later down the line as we both have a lot of growth to do since we're in our early 20s. Ooh, yeah, your early 20s are the biggest self-discovery phase. And I feel like a lot of relationships, I'm just gonna give my two cents here. I feel like a lot of relationships end or experience conflict in this age just because you're in this moment of like, who am I, right? Like, I'm not the student anymore. You're starting a career. And if you don't know who you truly are, how can you truly know who you are inside of a relationship or what you want in a relationship? So um, just want to say that. So her question is, how do you know if that person is worth waiting for? How do you know to hold on or how to, fu- or to fully let go? And how do you find the comfort in limbo? All right, Kathleen. I'm saying this with so much love and to everybody else asking this similar question, never wait for someone. The only choice you have is to fully move on and let go and heal and letting go and holding on or letting go and moving on. That does not equate not being able to be rekindled in the future. It just means you're letting go and moving on in this current moment for your greater good. Because if you're sitting around waiting for someone, you're prolonging your healing, you're prolonging who you're meant to become, you're prolonging your growth, and you're waiting around for someone who may not be doing the work needed for you guys to ever come back together, if that's a part of God's plan. And imagine yourself waiting around years to then find out that person found somebody else and you're just like, oh my God, I literally was just waiting for what? And you just wasted time away. Time is... Now is the only thing, only moment we have. So what I would say is the option that I really believe I only, only everyone only truly has is never fully waiting for someone and learning to fully heal and let go. And how you find this comfort in this limbo is choosing you. 
Don't put your energy on somebody else. Can you focus on you, on who you're becoming, on your purpose, your potential, like lift yourself up and heal so that if it is meant to be, because I truly believe what is meant to be yours will be yours, you're going to be healed. You're going to be the person you're meant to be to be in that relationship and you're not going to waste time and you're going to find so much happiness and self-love and fulfillment in that time period. What I would recommend for you to do is listen to the episode on overcoming fear and choosing faith because choosing faith in this time period is going to be huge for you. And I would recommend if you're in a place of needing support in deeper healing, in deeper self-discovery, in this limbo phase, I would encourage you to apply and join either Embrace Your Radiance or Radiant Relationships, depending on how much healing you need to be done, how much self-discovery needs to be done, or how much you want to be focusing on relationships. Um, because this is the beautiful opportunity to focus on you. Your early twenties are time for you to be selfish and for you to grow into the person you want to grow so that you can have the relationship and love and careers that you desire. I hope that answers your question, Kathleen. Ooh, I love this one. Okay. So this one is not relationship related and we're going to keep her, their name anonymous. The question is, can you talk more about intrusive thoughts, anxiety disorder? This is part two, the not so what if thoughts and like OCD. So I didn't get your part one. I will say that. So I'm going to do my best based on what you just shared here. So anxiety, intrusive thoughts go kind of hand in hand because you experience a feeling, whether it's anger or anxious or happiness through a thought, everything comes from a thought to then a feeling when you're in that state, in that feeling, your mind creates more thoughts to kind of keep you invalidate that feeling. And eventually it can become a subconscious programming. So I don't want to say disorder. Um, I don't like labels and I feel like this disorder kind of puts you in the box. Of like you'll never be able to overcome this. And it's just who you are. Like I, battled depression. I battled anxiety. I used to think that was just who I was and how it was going to be. I think you can overcome this with the right tools and support. And the thing is, is like, if you're like, but I wake up anxious or I wake up with negative thoughts, it's because you've been operating in this programming for years. Right. And same with OCD. OCD is more like lack of trust in yourself and lack of safety. And so let's talk like the intrusive thoughts here. Right. We are not our thoughts. Our thoughts can come from the way we were raised, TV, social media. Like we have millions of thoughts per second. Um, I think it's like, oh, I forget. It's like 120 million bits per second. Our conscious mind can only pick up 126. I butchered that. The point is we're constantly having thoughts and we are not our thoughts. So the first thing is not to judge your intrusive thoughts. But what I would recommend that really helped me when it came to overcoming my intrusive negative thoughts was writing them down and acknowledging them and realizing, wow, these thoughts don't serve me. Okay, what's a new thought I can think of to replace this thought every time I'm consciously aware of this thought? And so there's a podcast episode I literally think was one of my first ever podcast episodes if you want to scroll all the way down, which is how to overcome negative self-talk. I would highly recommend listening to that and doing the exercise that's in that. Or if you're in my Facebook group, I have a training and a uh, PDF workbook to do this. So join my Facebook group. The links are in the show notes below. It's the Radiant Life Facebook group. This is a free Facebook group for women. If you want um, that 
you know, workbook resource that is there for you too. Um, and, and just really start becoming aware of these intrusive thoughts. And instead of allowing them to dictate you or you to believe them, can you start challenging them? And instead of judging yourself, just being like, wow, I just had this thought right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. The thought is just the thought. Don't judge myself for the thought that that doesn't mean the thought is true, but does this thought serve me? Does this thought make me feel good? Right? If I were to say this thought to somebody else that I loved, is this kind? And when you realize it's not, you're like, okay, cool. What's a new thought that I could just tell myself right now. That's a little bit more loving. That's a little bit more caring and going from there. I think journaling practice is a great way because you're bringing things going on in the subconscious into the conscious. So if you don't know why you're feeling, you know, sad or angry or anxious, it's because you have subconscious thoughts going on in the background that you're not consciously aware of. And so it's a practice of learning how to, um, bring things in the subconscious to the conscious. And so I have a journaling prompts freebie again, it's in the show notes. Um, and obviously if you want to go a step deeper into this, um, I support this in my programs. But let's talk about a little bit about like the anxiety and the OCD. I feel like a lot of this comes from a lack of trust and safety. Um, I know for me, I used to have OCD to the point where I had to do, if everything I did with my right hand, I would have to do with the left hand, right? Or if I did the light switch, I had to be um, like, what was it? I had to put it like up, down, up, down, up. Like it was just an anxious OCD tendency or the volume to the TV had to be uneven. God forbid it was odd. These are ruled by intrusive thoughts, which is most likely ruled by fear. So AKA the lack of trust and lack of safety, especially as children. But even so as humans, sometimes we create meaning of something and who knows why you have the belief of if the volume is on odd, it's not safe or it's not right. Right? So when it comes to this, I would encourage you to build trust with yourself. (coughs) Excuse me. And a great way to build trust with yourself is acknowledge the fearing thoughts and be like, okay, what, what is the thought that's making me like this anxious or this OCD? Um, and obviously there is a spectrum of OCD, but I believe it can be overcome. I do not experience it anymore. I've worked with private clients that have made drastic improvements, if not released it or released anxieties and fears. Like this does take time, but it's possible. So acknowledge the fearful thoughts. What are the beliefs? What are you making it mean? Listen to the podcast of overcoming fear and choosing faith. I think it was the one right before this. And maybe you write a list of like, okay, what has gone well? What are things I do trust myself with? What are things that have gone positively so that you can start training your mind on what has like the good, the good, because if we can constantly focus on the fear or what's gone bad, we're constantly going to be focusing on that and finding more of that. Like I always say like focus on the good and the good gets better where you put your attention is where energy flows. So what can you do to start building the belief, building the evidence in yourself that things are going well, or things are positive, positive, or that you trust yourself or that it's safe and write a list of these things, bringing it a step further that really, really helped me in building trust and safety with myself and overcoming thoughts and, and the anxiety and the OCD, um, is finding grounding practices. We live in a day where we are alive, we're, we're overstimulated. We're acting in survival mode. So what are things you can do to come back into your parasympathetic grounding? Like put your feet in the ground, connect with the earth, go on a nature walk. Breath work completely changed my life. It let me 
move from the survival into the calm, peaceful state. There's EFT tapping, there's shaking, there's meditation. These are all beautiful practices in finding safety and groundingness in your body. And it can then allow you to overcome anxious or just thoughts and beliefs overall. And everything that I shared here today, I guide women through inside of Embrace Your Radiance, where you're going to learn how to overcome intrusive thoughts, anxiety, how to um, reprogram your mind so that you're not operating on this system and you're able to um, be in control of your thoughts and your emotions and your life again. And I teach everything with EFT, breath work, for you to really have the experience and tools to apply this in your life. So if you're interested, you can go in the show notes, You can read more on my website, the testimonials you can apply, and I would love to be able to support you more. All right. I hope that helps. And if there was a part one or anything else, you guys can constantly add more questions in the Q and a form. Okay. Next question. Mark, how do you navigate the period before rekindling and giving the other person enough space? So there was a backstory to this. I say the navigate the period between any potential of rekindling is focusing on yourself, focusing on your healing and focusing on the person you are becoming and knowing who you really are to then make sure is rekindling the best thing for you. Sometimes when we're so heartbroken, people think that like, Oh, we're just going to get back together and life's going to be great. But sometimes it's your comfort zone. Sometimes it's settling and you need to realize the relationship ended for a reason. You weren't showing up the way you need to be. They weren't right. There may have been a different match, different goals, different values, And it's using this period to heal and to discover who you are and become the best version of you. And from there, I think it's pretty apparent when I think you'll get a knowing, a feeling. I got like massive visions of is rekindling the right step, but you won't get there until you focus on yourself. Um, So that's how I would uh, encourage you to navigate this period before any rekindling is done, is focus on you and becoming the best version of yourself. All right. Next question. Daniel or Danielle. Um, you said you reached out and confessed your love and wanted to rekindle. And then you said, Evan asked for space after you did that. And so you actually went into like a second, no contact. Can you talk about that? I listened to your other episodes already, but I would love to know more about your second, how your second no contact went. Like, what did he say? How did you take that? And how long was that second no contact for? Yes. So if you guys have heard my story in episode 79 and 124 with Evan about our rekindling and breakup story, we went through like a two month, no contact period. Then I reached out to him and I was like, I love you. I want to get back together. And he was like kind of shocked and he wasn't ready. And he wasn't even sure if he wanted to get back together or wanted to even give me a chance and date again to make the decision of should we get back together? Because that, that, um, that time period It wasn't like, okay, yeah, let's get back together. It was a decision of, okay, I'm willing to attempt and date again and then make that decision. So when he came to my house that night, he was like, talk to you like, like that. Like, he's like, I just don't even know what to say right now. I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say no. I need space to process. I don't know how long that no contact period was. Um, In the beginning few weeks, it was very minimal contact and I just had to respect his space and his boundaries and respect that he would come have a conversation with me. We did see each other um, a little bit more at that time period because we had a friend's birthday party and then Thanksgiving. And then after that, I was like, okay, like I would like some, like an answer. So I don't really know exactly 
how long that second no contact went. Um, but he was just like, I just need some space to process and space to make a decision if it's worth giving dating a try to even consider getting back together. Um, uh, how did I take that? It sucked. I, of course I wanted to be like, I'm having to respond and be like, yes, I love you. Let's get married. But like, realistically, I knew that wasn't going to happen because I hurt him so bad. And I knew I needed to build that trust back with him. So I respected it. I always say it's a dance of where I had to respect his boundary and learn how to slowly show how serious I was and slowly, um, prove myself and build the trust back. And that was like a two month ish period because I told him how much I loved him. I think it was like beginning of November. Um, and then we officially got back together. I think it was like January 23rd or something. So there was time and it was gradual, but, um, that's kind of how I responded. I don't really know how long that was for. Um, I do have another question here um, where it said anonymously, like, how long was your first no contact? So the first was like two months. How long were you trying to win him over before he asked for space and you did the second no contact? I only started to try to fight for us and win him over after I expressed my feelings towards him. And then again, like I just said, the second no contact, I really don't know. And I just want to preface everything I'm saying here about Evan and I's story don't take it with a grain of salt. Just because we went two months, no contact doesn't mean you need to go two months with no contact. Like this is just our story. Don't compare. Um, of course I hope our story inspires others to see the potential of what it looks like when two people do the inner work, become who they're meant to become and put effort in relationships because I feel like we don't have as many healthy models of healthy relationships in the world and people kind of give up. They go toxic or they allow toxic behavior or they just give up, break up, divorce and don't put the effort in and then they find the same patterns with different relationships. But I don't want this to be like, just because we got back together means you're going to get back together because it might not because it may not be for your higher good. So just take everything that I'm saying around our story with a grain of salt. Um, and so, yeah, the second no contact, how that went was like, I just gave him space. I, you know, we were friends on social media. Eventually I like checked in on him like, Hey, how are you doing? We probably did like a back and forth text message. I felt that he was dry and cold. So I backed off. Um, and I just kind of let him be and let him reach out when he wanted to, or when I saw him at my friends. And eventually I had to ask the question like, Hey, can we, can we make some improvements here? Whether it's giving me the space to show you that I've changed, to show you that I'm serious. You don't have to make a decision yet, but like, can we be in a little bit more conversation? Which took time because at first he was like, no. And then eventually it was like, yes, slowly. Um, I just had to feel his energy and respect his wishes. Um, all right, the final question. And your second no contact is from Amber. What did you think? Did you believe he was coming back? Did you let go? <laughs> oh, this was like the biggest challenge because it was like, ball is in his court. And like I said earlier, I didn't wait for him during this period of like him making the decision. I still focused on myself, my career, my habits, my friends. Um, there was like this part of me, like I was, I was really tense and really emotional at this time. And I really turned to a lot of friends and family and the grounding practices that I had and breath work because like there was this part of me that was like, yeah, it's going to work out. And there's another part of me of like, dude, no, like you fucked up. You hurt him. You have to deal with the consequences. And this was the point in time where I really had to learn surrender and trust in God's plan and like let God do what he needed to do to let whatever outcome needed to be done for our highest good. And that's what I would pray. Like, of course, there would be prayers where I'm like, oh God, I hope we get back together. But I also would be like, you know what, God? Like, 
do what is best for both of us. And if that means not coming back, I will learn to let go and I will, or I will learn to surrender to your plan. So I did let go of the, I held hope, but I let go of the attachment of it going a certain way or the way I desired. Right. So I really didn't know what to think. And his behavior and the communication like gave such mixed signals. And of course I had friends where that were like, come on Tati, like you guys totally are getting back together. It's obvious. Like just had friends that had such utter confidence. And then I had people and friends and family that were like, you're an idiot. Like he's probably not going to come back. And like, you just have to own that. So it was a lot of letting go. And it was a lot of learning to let go and surrender and just trust in God's plan. And that's the best thing that, you know, I had to learn and do. Um, but these are the questions for today. I want to keep this to like 30 minute max. And like I said, I'm doing my best to answer based on the information given, um, based on the, yeah, really just that. And our story is our story. Please just take it with a grain of salt. Please do not compare. Um, I just remember like I would look at different couples, like everybody's situation is different. And just because you might want to make it work doesn't mean your other person does or that they're ready or that it's in the highest good for both of you, because maybe you're doing this healing work. Maybe you're doing the work to become the best version of yourself, but that doesn't mean your partner is your partner could be doing things that are hindering the ability. And so the best thing I would do, you know, when you listen to our story is to focus on you, focus on your healing. And I'm always here for support. I have tons of free resources. I have um, a $47 ebook to help you build back your self-love and confidence and heal a little deeper. And then I have my coaching programs that that is something you are seeking more support from. But that concludes our first Q&A episode. I think it went well. What do you think? Were your questions answered? Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you valued from it. Maybe you had similar questions from those who were who asked. And if you have any questions or any more questions, it can literally be about anything. Um, you know, not just about me or relationships. Like, like I said, I work with a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs and finding your purpose, whatever it is, like ask the question, ask away in the questions box. And I'm excited to have these continue. I thought they were fun. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with me and write an Apple iTunes review so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me, you can find me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. Make sure to tag me in any posts that you share. I love and appreciate you so much and cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out and radiate your light into the world.